0: What's up, guys? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I create a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So, if you have a new idea, project, or business that you're working on and you're feeling a little bit stuck, I'd love to help you or connect you with somebody that can. Today, it's Sunday. We're about two weeks now into the quarantine. I'm losing track of days, and this has caused me to really think and reflect back on both my personal life and my business. We just opened a new office about two months ago, and it's finally gotten ready to the point where we can host events and barbecues and do all the fun stuff that I was looking forward to doing before the summer. And unfortunately, we had this global pandemic happen at a time that's really not advantageous, let's just say, for my business. But I'm always positive and optimistic. It's something that I've DRIVED to become over the years, and right now we're looking at pivoting the business. And I'm going to pivot this podcast a little bit today because I've challenged my wife, Erin, to start her own podcast potentially in the future. And this platform that I've created with Thrive has always been about getting new people on the podcast who might not have been on the podcast before. We've done local events where we've pushed people to do events that they might not have done before Coaches to coach things that they never coached before. So, today, what we're going to do is we're going to switch it up and we're going to have Aaron be the host of this podcast. And what I want from each and every person that listens to this episode is to give us feedback on how she does. And please DM her at Aaron inspiration and tell her that she should start her own because I believe in her more than I think she believes in herself at times, and I'd love to have a team and some camaraderie around getting her to start her own podcast. So without further ado, let's kick it off for Mrs. Erin Finley and her first chance at hosting a podcast.
1: Oh, No pressure there. Thanks for the intro, Siege. Yeah, looking forward to hopefully kicking off one of my own podcasts in the future. Lots of ideas there. Lots of action to be taken, obviously. But for this episode today, since we're in this very uncertain time globally and then locally here with our business at Thrive HQ and Thrive on Life, I thought it would be really interesting to just talk a little bit about what this time has caused you to realize, not just about yourself and your own lifestyle, but the brand and the business and everything that it stands for. And then how we can share that message on a broader level um, to help others in their own lives. So I guess let's just start with what do you think has been the number one thing that you've learned since this whole time of quarantine, where you're not able to have meetings with your clients in person, you're not able to have events here, you're not able to have people come in and do what you normally do to conduct business. So, what has that shown you?
0: So, I think the number one thing it has shown me, besides what I do to get money, is I am in the correct field. I miss my clients and the events and the people and the community so, so very much, which is a good thing that I I feel that way because it means that I'm on the right path. I'm in the right career path. And what Um, for
1: anyone that might not know what that is, what is that path? How would you describe that path? I know you talk about yourself as being an entrepreneur, but what is the path that you're referring to? Is it the consulting side or is it the startup side? What about your path is what you know is right.
0: So for those who don't know, I am an ex-systems engineer and I'm obsessed with helping people build things that have the possibility of scaling beyond themselves because there's one thing that I believe majorly separates us from animals and that's we can build things that last beyond when we die. And my goal is to help as many people build something that they're happy that they have built that makes an impact. So that's where the whole Thrive On Life mission is helping mission-based people. So whoever's heard that, when I say that at the beginning, that's why Um, I'm after impact. And I know that if I help other people that are after impact, they're gonna help a thousand people or 10,000. And I mark that off as I've helped a combination of basically these people spearheading it. So that's where my mission comes from with it. But in terms of like my daily basis and how I would make money, it's essentially coaching a freelancer or a small business owner on how to become a CEO because a CEO is, you have so much that you need to know in terms of financials, systems, operations, technology, brand, marketing, sales. When you're a small business owner, you're in the business, in the daily grind, right. and you don't even have the ability to see like the outside layer. And you might not even have the time to read or take courses or figure out, how do I go from maybe this five-person team to this 25-person company? Not because I want to make a bunch of money, but because if I scale, I can then impact more people with a product that I've made that I believe in that can help this world become a better place. So my role is kind of when small business owners and freelancers are so in their business, because I have had the time to get mentored and take courses and read the books I can then come in and help them build their initial systems of scale of like their communication system using Slack uh, to help their team do things more efficiently, building out their initial Google database where they can basically share documents rather than keeping them in emails and then not being able to find them. And that also reduces their risk. And then in terms of project management, there's a lot of things that you can utilize that help you do massive amounts of work in a lot less time. Because here's the thing that a lot of small business owners don't realize is if you're working in your business as one person, there's only so much you can do in a day. But if you can start outsourcing some things, you're now a team of five. Well, five people, think of it as like tug of war. Five people are always going to beat one person if it's an average five people. I mean, if you're one of those huge guys, you might be able to take on five people. But If we're all the same size, five is always going to beat one. So the ultimate goal in your business should be, how do I take myself out of it? And it would still operate as if I was in it. And that's the equation that I help people solve from the ground level on the get-go. So that's what I'm super passionate about and, and help with. And that's where my business takes shape today, where I do that for several different companies. And then I funnel anything that I make into the things that I love doing, which is podcasting, throwing events, having this space so that the community can utilize it
1: where you essentially do continue to help others thrive because by bringing them in here by featuring them and their stories they are thriving a bit more and you're sharing that with the broader crowd as well
0: yeah teach one each one that's something that i live by where one of my last episodes was was Nikki, and she'd never been on a podcast before, but she has a lot of great ideas, and she helps a lot of people, and the public deserves to hear about her story. Yeah, exactly. And that fires me up more than like trying to create content around what I'm doing. Like right. That's boring to me. But learning more about the other person and what they're doing and how I can help them basically do things that they've never done before. Like I'm mm-hmm. lucky I have you as a significant other to push me each and every day and- help me achieve things that I never even thought that I could achieve. But a lot of people don't have that support in their life. So if I can be that support through my company and then build a team around, that's what our mission is, everything in life is going to be fun. And that's really, I want to have a fun life.
1: It's funny, hearing you describe what you do and the passion that you have when you describe it, it almost makes me jealous, even though I'm just as much a part of it by being your wife and being behind the scenes and really being the one to say, let's do this from however long, however many years ago it was when we said, we're tired of seeing lives just not fulfilled. And it it all started kind of when I lost my dad really unexpectedly. I was 22 and I've told this story before on a previous episode, but it happened at a time in my life where I was just not expecting to go through such a tragedy. And when CJ and I reconnected a couple of years after that, we both realized that we were on these sort of separate trajectories of finding fulfillment in life through just a relentless mission to inspire other people to live happier and more joyful lives. And so we thought, why not start a brand, a lifestyle brand where at first we talked about a nonprofit, then we were like, you know what? Let's just create this lifestyle type brand where we showcase what we do that we think is thriving and maybe inspire other people to step outside their comfort zones and do something similar and then let's just showcase everyone we we know we have friends that have very different interests. What thriving means to them means something different to us. And so we knew that thriving meant something different to everyone, but yet it was the same mission, right? It was just living a life of pure joy and knowing that if your life were to end tomorrow or a week from now, that you would have at least done what made you happy and so that is kind of like how it all started and it's really crazy to see where it's gone from from then to now and when you talk about it like I said I get jealous because I haven't yet found something in my day-to-day that makes me that fired up but it gives me a sense of peace knowing that this is what we're building together and that soon I'll be able to contribute just as much to the mission as well but I think it's really interesting to hear that through everything that you've been doing in the past year and all this that has solidified in your mind of being on the right path, I'd really be curious to understand, like, what about this isolation has made you realize that that was right? Is it the fact that you're not running around or is it like, what about it has caused you to open your eyes to like, yeah, this is for sure what it is. Is it more reflection? What would you say?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm a human and I have my own flaws. And when you're in startup mode and you're building something, you're the CEO, you're the janitor, you're the garbage man. We bought a house and we're building this office at the same time. Man, it, it fucking wears on you. And when I reflect now and I have all this time and I can say that I openly miss it and I cannot wait for the doors to open back up, man, I'm hungrier than ever. Now, it would be a huge problem if I was isolated and being like, damn, I don't really want to go back. Now, here's the cool thing. The second thing that I think was most important that I've realized is how valuable my time is. Even more so because I've been I've been super efficient with my time um,
1: now or or you think even more so now you're more efficient with your time No
0: I mean like over the course of since I became an entrepreneur, like I'm very cautious with where I spend my time and why I want to make sure that I'm doing things that I need to do to get what I want later on in life. but I think that with reflection, I've realized that I've reached this next pillar, I think, in the startup world and entrepreneurial world where my time is very valuable to those that are in my like close circle. Rather than when you're initially building, you need to be doing the networking. You need to be going to all these courses and learning. And once you get to this next phase and this next tier, it's more about how can you get three hours per day to yourself to create something that has a year-long impact or a year-long value for your business. Because I used to not have the clients. I used to not have the network. I used to not have the friends that could help me build something impactful. But now that I do, I have to take a step back and realize, oh, my time should be spent on, okay, we have two interns coming this summer. Well, what makes their experience like life-changing? Rather than me thinking, how do I go get five more clients. Like that's not really what I need right now versus I think there's a lot of people out there that struggle with this with me is you want to go so fast. You want to achieve so much, but you have to realize you underestimate what you can achieve in 10 years and overestimate what you can achieve in one year. And I think I've been a prime example of that at times. And this is where having a partner like yourself helps me, stay grounded in realizing that like what is in front of me right now that I need to focus on. And for me, the biggest focus is, okay, I build systems for other people's companies. I need to build the best system for my own. And this is where that time to, to really focus and get creative has allowed me to shift my view of what my internal system looks like from even spending time with you to then also on the business. And I plan to utilize that time like crazy.
1: I think just for anyone listening in the audience that might be able to relate to running around and feeling like you have to learn more and get more clients or take more courses before taking a step back and being like, I just need to double down and focus. How do you know when you reach that point? For you, what is it that makes you say, okay, I need to flip the switch now and I've gotten to X level. What is the criteria that you have in your mind that says, I mean, you talk all the time about KPIs and OKRs and stuff. Do you have your own internal little set of metrics that you go by to say like, now's the time I need to double down and just like put my head down and focus on my own things
0: or? I'll be straight up. I have my own issues again. I'm a human being. And I was afraid to go, like I've been all in for a while, but I've been afraid to go, I think all the way the fuck in where I look at myself and I say, I have enough runway for six months that if I really, really focus, it's two things are going to happen. My runway is going to run out and I'm going to have to massively pivot or I'm going to create something that's going to change my life forever. And I think that you have this fear and I've had this fear of, if I go all in and I fail, that's gonna suck. And even though I'm the one that preaches a lot, like don't be afraid of that, Like again, I'm a human. So I don't think, I haven't really thought that through because I've just been doing, 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 doing. And now that I've had this forced time to step back and really reflect, I need to be honest with myself and say that I've just been scared to spend those three to six months and at the end of those three to six months, look at myself and be like, this could fail. This could fail. And I could have to pick up another job or do something that I don't want to do to then get to that next level. And yeah, I think that's that's the best way I can describe that. So
1: for you, you said that you really just need to focus, say, for these next six months. So I mean, you have been focusing, but what is that extra little bit of focus going to translate to? Is that less meaning? Like, how do you describe what that would look like as it translates to your business and that your means daily like lifestyle? So
0: I just look at day by day. So if I had three meetings, in-person meetings, prior to this quarantine, I need to look at that and really say, do these need to be in person? Or can I make them 15 to 30-minute calls that are very, very... Calculated in why I'm talking to this person and what I'm doing in here, because the majority of my time needs to be all in on my team and what we're building. I have never had the ability to say, okay, there's three to five people around me. We're all working on the same mission now, and this is what we're looking to build. And now that I'm here, that needs to be my focus. So you're you're like growing into this person that you've always wanted to become, but that comes with responsibilities. Like if you're human, you are afraid no matter what. But conquering that fear is what really makes you the best. And that's what I intend to do is utilize the people around me to be honest and say, look, like I'm not fearless, but I have enough courage to literally be on the front lines and go all in.
1: And I think as you say how you're adapting, I think it's interesting how it translates to the rest of the world right now too, going through this global pandemic and a switch certainly a huge drastic change from the way we were running our lives a couple of weeks ago and i think it's not just going to be small businesses or consultants like yourself it's going to be the major corporations as well realizing do we need to have all these meetings do we really need to come into the office it's going to be an interesting shift that we see and how you know virtualization just takes over the way we've known oh, I'm everything a, i'm excited yeah i, I think it'll I be great
0: excited because i think
1: You're all about efficiency, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, and just, I need to clarify because efficiency can be seen in two ways. Like efficient can be seen as we're reducing so much waste that there's just no substance there. So I was reading an article about efficiency and how like Amazon is so efficient that- they're ruthless with their employees and like with some of the things that they do. Like I don't I don't view efficiency like that. I view efficiency as like I want to help small businesses and startups become so efficient that they only have to work 4 hours a day and then, then they, can they can go, go do stand up paddleboard. I was paddle so funny. I was just like going to say that because that's why I want to be efficient.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking that because this morning we were on a walk and we go out, we drove our car to walk around the trail by the water and as we got out of the car, I said to CJ, "How can we make this every single day, where we, you know, wake up slowly, trying to just kind of enjoy a slow morning, and then go for a walk, and like not have a time constraint, and get work done, and do something productive for our job or whatever, but have the ability to do that, and just appreciate nature and walking outside." And he's like, "Yeah, it's called living," and. He's like, there's no, nothing stopping you from doing this every day, Aaron. And it kind of got me thinking, we all I mean, sort I'll, of I, I have to cut you off because I have
0: to give you a practical way that that could happen. So we did all that and now we're here. Now, how much is a day's profit to you? How much, how much money do we have to make per day To live that lifestyle, right? So, for anybody listening out there, this is how you break your days down. Like, how much money do I need to to thrive every single day? Not just survive, but thrive. Let's be real. Like, you have you want cars, you want to buy, and you want to travel, and you want to do these things. Like, whatever you define thriving is, how much money does that take per day, right? So, imagine that we were so valuable on this podcast to other people, that it helped them make more money, help them thrive, that then we get paid for it. And we made 500 for this one podcast. Well, I think that's enough for us to to thrive day by day, right?
1: Yeah, I think, and that's the conversation that we're starting to have, which is what is the minimum amount, not even money, but things as well? Because we're trying to move towards this minimalist lifestyle of just really being intentional about what we own and why we have certain things. And- what we buy when we buy it. And I think we're having the conversation a lot more often, which is what is the minimum that we need to feel this way every day? And we're realizing through this whole isolation process that we don't need a lot. And I think other people might be having the same realization. But for us, it's pretty gratifying and it's kind of a relief because it's, it's definitely made me sort of change a little bit about what I feel is in my future and what I want to strive towards. And I think as our relationship moves forward and what we do together is changing as well as, as we take Thrive on Life to the next level and everything. And so it's just been an interesting time. And that's just one of the things that I think has really come to light this past week. And I want to talk a little bit more about this whole concept of thriving and living. And you said that when you think about efficiency, you want people to, to work and do what they want to do for their jobs that brings fulfillment to them, but then have time to thrive and, and live life. And so it kind of gets me questioning, do you view the two separately, work and living and thriving? Like, How do you view thriving as it relates to your work and your life outside of work?
0: So I think... Each person has to individually define what work means to them because in our relationship specifically, we've had a difference in opinion in what is quote-unquote work and what people view work as. And this is where when you're an entrepreneur, people will question every little thing that you do to a T because that's how society operates. And I think that's what scares a lot of entrepreneurs off from being entrepreneurs because like podcasting is work, but to somebody that's invited to be on the podcast, they're like excited and it's like their free time. But for me, it's like, I have to then go edit and then I have to promote it. And then I have to do all these things that go into building a business. It's like one business in its own. And that's where I define work as what you were put on this earth to do, because it fires you up each and every day to be alive, that, that is your life's work. But we have, because of money and because of capitalism, we have raised the dollar bill up so much that people are willing to do things that they don't like to do to try and earn more money so that they can then buy themselves a lifestyle that they think they want. But when it comes down to it, if you have a big-ass house, but nobody to come enjoy it with, that's pointless to me, right? I'd rather have no house and be on my paddleboard all day and do something that is actually fun to me. And I think the easiest word to describe is flow state. What gets you in that state where you're like, holy shit, like this whole day just went by and that felt awesome. And I think in our relationship, we take vacations differently than anybody else that I know because when we go on vacation we don't just sit there and like lay in the sun we're off trying different fitness studios and going to different coffee shops and pretending like what if we were to we to think do it, what
1: would we do if we lived here if we lived How here do we right pretend like we live and
0: here. to most they'd be like oh that's too much work on vacation or or whatever but to me that's our flow state like it, it literally Yeah, it's like everything else is a
1: blur. Everything
0: is a blur, right? So to me, that's what your life's work is. Now, I'm also very self-aware that not everyone is granted that card to do so from the get-go. Right, and I think
1: that's an important point.
0: Like I couldn't just come out of college and do what I wanted. Like I had debt that I had to pay. I had to take jobs and do whatever. But in my head, I always was like, okay, You can't can be I-
1: going around spreading the message that, oh, you want to just go on a paddleboard all day. Like- yeah, like you can't.
0: You <laughs> right. have to build the system. So like, I'll, and again, I'm always very practical, practical advice. You want to be on a paddleboard all day? I highly suggest that A, you become an affiliate of a paddleboard brand <laughs> and make some money doing that. B, you get good at content and helping other people spread their mission and maybe teaching on the water, whatever it may be. And C, you need to build some sort of system that's building you a passive income while you're out on that paddleboard. So we were talking about this earlier, which is that's what we're pivoting thrive towards as well is I can't continue to consult and take the meetings like I'm one person. So I have to take myself out of that and say, what can a team build that starts generating a passive income so that we all can spend more time thriving and living and everyone on the team can go live what we preach and not be stuck in here doing 80 hours worth of work every single week, year in, year out. So we have to slow down just like we were doing in this pandemic time and solve the equation of what do we build that's going to help people? Because at the end of the day, people buy value. Like what is valuable to them? Not what do I think is valuable. It's what is actually valuable to them. So what can I create over the past four to five years that the experiences that I've had and like learning the market, what can I create to then give to society that they value? And then what that does is that earns me the time to go do the things that I view as thriving fly my drone. Last night, that's what I was doing. To most people, that's not work. To me, that's my life's work. I told a story for someone else who then told a story for the brand that they were working with.
1: Yeah, and I bet you didn't think that that was thriving five years ago when we said we wanted to start this lifestyle brand. You would have never thought that that would be something that you would consider thriving, going to take a little job to go create content for somebody else. Um, So I think
0: no, I was, I was in the rat race too. I'd be like, that's not fucking work. Yeah. Like that's not, I was living by society's hierarchy of who do we respect and who do we not respect versus today, like after reading a lot of books, talking to a lot of people of various backgrounds, I respect human beings. I don't care what you do to make a dollar. I care more about who you treat somebody that has nothing to offer you.
1: Right. When you talk to other people, especially your clients, but just anyone in general, I noticed that you always try to, you're always yourself. You always project this like positive inspiration. You make people really believe in themselves more than they do on their own. And when you think about thriving and you think about the brand, what would be the question you would ask people to, for them to actually reflect on to understand whether they are thriving or if they need to change something about what they're doing to get to that point? You say everyone defines it differently and it does depend on everyone's different circumstances. But what do you think the number one question is that you would ask of others?
0: Oof, this is a really good question that I would love to say. I have it off the top of my head, just sitting there. But I have to take a second to think about this one because I think we learn more about ourselves through pain than we do anything else. And when you're talking about quote-unquote thriving on life, to get there, you have to go through pain first. And you have to challenge yourself to grow each and every day because that's our definition of thriving. It's like choosing not to just survive, not to just exist, but to push the boundaries of your human potential. That's going to take a lot of fucking pain. And so if I were to ask somebody their own personal definition, I would look at it, And this is why I'm so positive because I look at people, I'll be like, what have you overcome? So a good instance is yourself. Sometimes you don't want to create this piece of content or you're not looking forward to posting it or you're thinking about what everybody else thinks. And I'm like, what pain have you already been through that surpasses this little uncomfortable time? And you immediately are like, oh yeah, you're Right. Like that was so much more painful than this little thing. I can do this. So if I were to ask somebody, what does thriving mean to them? I would immediately go towards what things in your life have caused you the most pain and have you conquered? And how do we utilize them to push your needle forward in your physical self, your mental self, your spiritual self? Let's look at those three pillars and say, where do you want to be better? And what are you afraid of in those areas? Okay, I want to lose 30 pounds. Well, when I work with my personal training clients, it's never about the weight. It's more about the mindset. Why do you want to lose 30 pounds? What pain is this 30 pounds causing you? Because if the pain outweighs the exercise, you're going to lose those 30 pounds. When I go there and I think about that pain every single day, if I don't don't like this, I don't like that, you're going to finish every rep and you're probably going to do an extra rep. But if you're in there thinking about, I want to lose this weight for so-and-so or for some external reason that doesn't have to do with the pain, it's not going to happen. So... For you fully want to thrive, we have to look at what pain have you been through? What trauma have you been through? And how do you relate that to the things that you want to achieve to see that you've already conquered a lot of your demons and you can utilize that as fuel every single day to achieve things that you'd never thought that you could achieve?
1: I love that. And I think that's something, I think that's a great answer. And I think you need to write it down.
0: (laughs) Document (laughs) that. Good thing that- (laughs) Good thing we have a team. Yeah, these are recorded and somebody will hear that, but- Yeah.
1: um, But when I hear you say this and I'll speak as your wife, but also as just an outsider, too, because I think when we reconnected, I don't think I know you are a different human being. You are every day when I wake up and I realize that I'm married to you, I think to myself, who is this guy? Like, where did he come from? Because it's not it's certainly not the kid I grew up with when we were 10 and you've just, every day you amaze me by how much you progress as a human being because you are so invested in self-improvement so that solely for the fact that you're able to then give more to others. And I would love to understand better, like what motivates you every day to do that? And what you just said about thriving and helping others understand what it means to thrive by reflecting on their pain and what they've overcome. I think we do a good job of viewing pain as something that we have to overcome to gain strength and then using that as motivation. But not everyone views it that way. And some people have a hard time getting motivated every day for the things that you describe. So how do you find that motivation? How would somebody that, you know, sees... Things as a challenge.
0: So this answer I do have off the top of my head. Get busy living or get busy dying. And I think that...
1: So is that something that you remind yourself... Death is something that you remind yourself of And that's where I
0: think a lot of people don't think about death enough. From a young age, you, you saw a different me because when we were younger, one, I'm immature, naive. I'm living as if I am a God, like I'm never going to die, right? When you're young, we're drinking and partying and doing all these things, like life is great. And then you have things happen in your life where your, your father passes away and it's on my mother's birthday. So that makes you reflect, like I have my mom call me and like you've re- you start, things start happening in your life that cause you pain that you don't really see when you're a kid. Then you, when you become an adult, especially in my case, I start getting sick which then I start doing research into my own family, who died, why'd they die, when did they start having illnesses, how'd that affect their entire lives, right? So then I hit 25 and I have chronic illnesses upon chronic illnesses in my family. And when I looked at that, I'd be lying if I said that didn't scare the shit out of me because I, from a young age, I've been struggling. And then now I'm 25 and I have to work another fucking 40 years until I get to retire and enjoy myself? Like, that's what the cards that were in front of me. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm literally just on my deathbed. That's what I thought. I'm just, I go to my job. I don't really like it. I'm literally dying every single day. I'm not living. So that's where that quote, get busy living or get busy dying. Like, I literally just think about if I were to die today, could I say, or could someone say, he lived more than most 80-year-old people, right? And that was caused, again, the answer that I had for The Thrive is my own, that I, I created that based on my own life of, I had to look myself in the mirror and say, no matter what I do, I could die just like my aunt did at 40 years old of colon, colon cancer. If I'm lucky, and that, that's how I have to look at it. If I'm lucky, because I get hit by a car today, right? So if I'm lucky, I could do everything right and get cancer and die. So if I could do everything right and die, why better like every single day, enjoy what the hell I'm doing and en- yeah. enjoy the people I'm around. And then that's where, what made me feel the most alive, like this is the thing, you, you, you bite on different things in your life. Some people love money, that's okay. I, I don't have anything against you. Some people love to be a librarian. Some people love to surf, like whatever it is. You deep down, you kind of know what it is. You bite on different things. And one of the things, again, that I am so passionate about helping people break their limits, because in my own life, like I'm a 5'7 dude that weighs 150 pounds on a soaking wet day, right? I was told, you can't play sports and do engineering. You're never going to be as good as X, Y, Z. You don't have this, this, and this. And I said, fuck that, to the hell with that. Like, I'm gonna do anything I ever set my mind to. I'm gonna be the strongest, I'm gonna be the fastest, I'm gonna be the smartest, and not for any other reason other than my human potential. Why can't I? Why can you not do this thing? And once I started doing that to myself, then that's where the personal training came in of other people, and seeing them completely transform their lives based around doing a little couple extra reps man, that changed the entire game for me because then I was just like, okay, if I can do this with personal training, how can I do this with businesses that like create money, which then you have a founder that can hire someone else on the team and make that person's life better. And then ripple effect after ripple effect after ripple effect, all because some kid thought about death. (laughs) And to wrap this whole point up is if you can face death and say, I'm not afraid to die. I think a lot of people, they drive to work each and every day and sit in traffic because they never have the thought process of, what happens if I died in this traffic one day? Like, what wh- is this extra 20K for this job worth it? Or could I take a lesser job that's closer to my house, which allows me to be with my kids more and allows me to be with my wife more? I guarantee you the kids and the wife would probably rather that than to wake up to a phone call of your dad just dr- died in rush hour traffic.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I I think that's a great way to wrap this up in general, too, because we're at a time right now where it's a big wake-up call to a lot of people. The whole world is having to rethink the future in some ways, at a personal level, at a business level, just all around. Everyone's rethinking everything, systems, businesses, the economy, our personal lives, our personal decisions, all the choices that we make. So I think at a time like this, it's a wake-up call for a lot of people to reflect on whether the things that they're doing day in and day out without question are actually the right things that they should be doing for themselves and for their future. And I think the death perspective is one that we all need to have, as morbid as it sounds and as depressing as it is. I mean, it doesn't have to be depressing. It, it could actually- well, It's American it culture.
0: Could, We're the ones that we have literally- capitalized on death like funerals are like if you go anywhere across <laughs> the earth and nobody can see this right now but i'm super passionate about this topic like literally the yeah, amount that a, are waving around the amount that a funeral costs is absolutely absurd to me yeah and everyone I goes go there to it. cry like but in other cultures it's like how do we celebrate this life that was lived not survived how do we I celebrate this life we'll that was go. lived i
1: think that is where we'll go as a country but um That's a separate topic. But yeah, I think that we need to adopt. And from the time we're little kids, we need to start understanding that this is a real thing and that every little choice we make doesn't have to be in line with what our little neighbor's doing or what our mom or dad says that we have to do or we should do. We need to have our own perspective on every decision we make in life because it needs to be best for us. We need to be striving towards that flow state that you mentioned and truly thriving in life whether it's in our work or our personal life or life outside of work, however you want to view those things. I think everyone has their own way about it.
0: I have another point for this whole (laughs) death thing. Okay. When people unfortunately pass away, because the pandemic, right? You have a lot of people that are going to get sick. It's just, it's going to happen, right? Why is it that do we celebrate that life when it's gone? Why aren't we celebrating it like right in this moment? And that's where another premise of this brand is like celebrating the mission as it's happening, yeah, like living in the moment as it's happening yeah, I completely agree. and having people celebrate their little wins, like as they're happening and breaking out of the system that says you got an A, a B or a C and like, that's how you should rate yourself. Like, no, like you have one life to live, one, that's it. And you should be celebrating it while you have the heartbeat, while you have the lung capacity, while you have the two hands and the two feet and everything that you can do with your brain. You should be celebrating that right now and fully embracing the fact that that can be taken away from you at any given moment. And that's ultimately with this pandemic, people should be thinking about that is our lives, literally two weeks ago, I was in New York with Roan, one of the companies that I'm wholeheartedly invested in. I believe in their mission, their people, and I'm so blessed to be working on some cool things with them. And just like that, flip of a switch, I fly home and it's quarantine mode. Like just like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a lot of people. And I, one of the biggest questions I have in my head is what's going to happen when we're out of quarantine mode? Are people just going to go back to the way that they were living before? Or is this actually going to, Stay somewhat of a switch in people's lives to how they're going to continue to live and instill different types of practices of how they can be more intentional every single day with the decisions. And I'm so passionate about that too because I think a lot of, for a lot of people, it takes a tragedy, it takes a global pandemic, it takes something to shake up your life to make you wake up. And it happened to me, unfortunately, but I share this so passionately because I really believe that it shouldn't take that. We should be taught from the beginning that that's how we need to live. And so I think what we try to do with this brand and as individuals and in society and as all the people we know is to spread that. Like, live every day like you just faced a tragedy, but you didn't. If you didn't, you're fortunate. You're gonna at some point. But we... Like As a nation and as a global community, individual contributors to it need to live like that same thing has just happened. But how do we make everyone do that without experiencing the tragedy part? It's how do we get people to not go back to living like these little things matter so much?
0: I mean, that's a question that I've been asking myself since the beginning of this brand, because as Aaron mentioned, we wanted to start with a nonprofit because... I'm all about like giving back to those that just weren't granted the life that I was from the get-go. I had, Aaron and I had great parents in a middle-class neighborhood. Like we were granted things that you're not always born into. And I always thought like, if I can utilize what I was given to then give back, but we hit some red tape with all that. And I realized, had a couple of mentors tell me that build something of your own that's for-profit and then create your own nonprofit so that you can leverage yourself and you don't ha- you're don't you not under the control of different people and pressure. So I followed that to a T and, and one day we will start something in that nature. Um, but that's where I think it's gonna be in education because if you just look at it, the problems that we see in society today happened 20 years ago. They started when we were in school in the 90s. Now they're surfacing and that's how problems are. The problems of 2050 are going to be because of what we're teaching in schools right now and those for those kids to adapt because they're the ones that are going to be driving the change at that time. So that's where I'm so passionate about. I want to start the honest education because we're not taught finance, how to cook, how to be kind to people. Like There's just so many classes that I could come up with that we're just not taught. And I think that would solve a And there's lot. so much that we
1: are taught that is really not yeah, important.
0: not important. <laughs> and And this is the frustrating part for me. You can get in a conversation on conversation on conversation on conversation of people that agree with you. Yep. But it's human nature. We're all lazy. No one wants to actually take action. And that's the root cause is how do we make it easier to take action on these things yeah. and that's where i think with the whole virtualization of things broken systems getting easier right now i'll give you a really prime example you have all these companies that now are instilling work from home so when you have to work from home you can right once the company spends the budget on creating that virtualization so now that we're creating that you then are creating new skills within people you're having people that never were having digital meetings have digital meetings so, when you talk about, hey, I have this idea on an education and I need 100 people to help me, well, we don't have to have this meeting at 6 or 7 p.m. on a school night where 100 people come in this room. I can do it virtually and that parent or that person feels comfortable taking that meeting. Oh, I've been doing this for, for a couple of years now. So, we're going to see five years down the road from right now. The ability to do that. And I'm going to be in heaven because at that point, we're probably going to have a little thriver running around. And I'm going to be very vested in what that child's education is. And now I'm going to have the public who is used to this technological forefront of digital education and how do we inspire people? Because we had this conversation earlier. I went to school at Rutgers Camden at one point. It's like one of the worst places to live in the country, like if you live in the slums there. Now- If you gave everyone free internet in that place, you then give the children the ability to take online courses in some of the top places in the country. But right now, they are getting some of the worst education, and they're motivated by teachers who don't even want to be there, really. They're just there because it's their first job, or they just don't have anywhere else to go. But now they have the opportunity And again, this is gonna take a 20 year thing. Like, it'll take a long time. It's not gonna happen overnight. But I'm also of the premise of, like, as long as this world becomes a better place or we're striving to, like, it's gonna get better. Like, before.
1: And, And you brought up the word adapt. And I think everything you're describing is this concept of adaptation and being flexible and not being stuck to a system just because that's the way it was. And I think that's how you become successful in life by just adapting. And with your business, you're adapting. So how do, you, how do you think you can help others? What would be your message or takeaway to others to start practicing and implementing that adaptive mindset and behavior in their lives so that they can be more successful day to day?
0: Control your controllables. Literally, it's that easy. What can you control in each and every moment? It's how I treat myself and how I treat others and how hard I work. That's it. If you don't have enough money right now, it's not anybody else's problem but yours. Why don't you have the money? Did you spend too much money here or there? Did you make some poor decisions? Did you waste time, right? And then in terms of taking away from money, skills. I, I made a post on Facebook the other day called Couch Coaches. We have been bred because we grew up in a time where TV, internet, phones were created People are consuming more than than they're producing. Consuming
1: versus, in the wrong ways yeah. as well. Yeah.
0: Well, if you think back 50 see, years, like a choice. what could you really consume? Like when you came home at the end of the day, like you were playing board games with your family or you were out playing or you were doing different things. But like now, like you can literally just sit you can on get your news couch. news
1: from any channel. You can
0: yeah, from and so many
1: different sources. What
0: does that do? That gives you a, now an opinion and you think you have a voice. So we have a lot of people that have not actually done anything. They haven't experienced anything and they haven't actually gained knowledge in the two areas. So I always like to, to add on top of the control the controllables, your attitude towards what you view as right or wrong is just a projection on everything that you've experienced in your life. So the ability to be adaptable and agile, I think besides hard work and- being optimistic, kind, high integrity at all times is your ability to live in both worlds of any discussion. Can I put myself in the shoes of this person who's a Democrat? And can I put myself in the shoes of someone who's a Republican? If I can do that and I can listen to the pros and cons of both and adapt and mold myself to understand those pros and cons, I'm going to get ahead in my life. And if we have more individuals, like our country was built off of giving you the freedom to get ahead for yourself, if I can get ahead for myself, I then can lend to somebody else. Everybody knows this, like you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So you got to fill your own cup and your own cup comes from, can I wake up and work hard? Can I be nice? And can I agree to uh, disagree with the people around me? Because life really at the end of the day is one big tribe. You're with these people around you And if you would disagree with everybody, that's a miserable life. And if you agree with everybody, that's also a miserable life. So you have to find this middle ground of who are you? Why are you here? And then while you're in that middle ground, if you work hard and nine times out of the 10, you're a really nice person because we all have bad days, you're going to quote unquote thrive and you're gonna survive pandemics. You're gonna survive financial is You're going to survive uncontrollable things because you're controlling what you can control.
1: Yeah. I love that. I try to live by that myself and spread that when I can to others. I think about it from just day-to-day life to work to everything. There's so much out of our control, but like you said, you can control your attitude and your effort and everything that you're granted the ability to do, you can then project onto others and, and help in that way. So love that. I think that's a great way to end this episode. And I think that there's plenty of takeaways here about how Thrive is taking shape and how it's adapting in this time and how others can hopefully take a little piece of that and thrive a little bit more in their day-to-day lives. So.
0: Yeah, and first off, I want to say thank you for hosting this you did amazing nice. and i look forward to being on your podcast one day and but it's for
1: girls so <laughs> <it's okay. laughs>
0: maybe maybe one day you'll have a need for for a male on on the podcast um but i want to end on a quote that i've been saying a lot recently and that's the separation is in the preparation use this time to prepare yourself for the best and for the worst. The best thing that you can always do is have some sort of plan for the things that are coming ahead, some sort of forecast. We don't know when this pandemic is going to end. We don't know when quarantine is going to end. But what you can do is, instead of living in fear and in scarcity, that's going to waste your time. What you can do to be proactive and control your controllables is you can forecast, if this ends in 20 days, what do you do? This ends in... 50 days, what do you do? If this is gonna last an entire year, how are you going to survive? What is the worst thing that could possibly happen so that you can be prepared for that day? And if you live your life like this and you own your shit and own the fact that it's not always gonna be pretty, you're gonna have a plan for that and you're gonna separate yourself from the people that are in panic mode or in fear and that haven't taken the time to really sit back and reflect. So again, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Go support Erin at erin.spiration. She did amazing and we'd love your feedback. And I look forward to connecting with you guys further through these trying times. Until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all.